The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the monthly guest Dharma series. We met last fall, uh, 2016, as a group to follow a program and form an eco-sangha. Since that time, we have been meeting, some of us, about quarterly. And last spring, we met for the subject of water. In the summer, we met on the subject of trees. This past fall, we met on the subject of animals, and in particular, their emotional intelligence. And tonight, in winter, we meet to look at Earth as our teacher. So I welcome you. We were very curious to know who would come out on a dark winter night to, to be with the idea of Earth, and, and um, so really happy you're here. As we prepared for this program, Kaya Sfian and I and Claudia Poser, who's not here tonight, she's um, helped us develop the program, but she couldn't be with us tonight. She's not sick. She's just absent. Um, We got very excited about dirt, dust, soil, fire, um, wind, and so we hope to share some of that excitement with you. One of the vows that we took in our eco-sangha is this, to draw strength and guidance from the living earth, from our ancestors and future generations, and from our brothers and sisters of all species. Together tonight, we continue on this path with a focus on Earth, and we note that the anniversary of the Buddha's enlightenment has just passed. Bodhi Day, December 8th, is celebrated, and you may know that on that day, Buddhist lore tells us that when challenged by demons as to what is the legitimacy of his enlightenment, he touched the Earth. So this is the mudra, and it's the left hand cupping and upward and the right hand touching the earth, or what serves as earth indoors. And we will be using that mudra a little later this evening, so you can join in the Buddha's path and and sit in that way. Mudra is just the word for a significant hand gesture that we use in Buddhist practice. This one is called Bhumi Parsha. Bhumi Parsha. It is said that when he uh, touched the earth, the earth spoke. And when the earth spoke, you feel it as an earthquake. Yeah. So... This whole series of programs celebrates nature as teacher, and we are um, tonight focusing on Earth. It can mean many things. It could mean Gaia, the living entity Gaia. It can mean the planets circling the sun. It could mean the great mother who's birthed us all. But tonight we look primarily at Earth as an element, and it's the great oblate spheroid with a molten core and a thin skin. That's where we live. So this is our imperfect offering to ourselves and to you tonight to take some time to learn together from Earth. We're going to meditate on this particular 
point on Earth. This is part of the Mississippi River Valley. So what is here under the building? What is this place? We'll meditate on that. And we have some bowls of earth to pass for you to uh, see and touch and smell if you like. And um, there, uh, there is a towel close by if anybody really gets into it and then you want to wipe your hands. <laughs> Just make the mudra for a towel, please. <laughs> there must be one, right? Um, so I'm seeing that Earth teaches us the great Buddhist principles of impermanence and interdependence. And the more I look at this, the more I find its truth. So we're offering four sections tonight. The first is Earth as one living entity. Second is Earth as soil. The third is Earth as soil blown by the wind. And the fourth is stardust. So we'll go through those four. And as you can imagine, there are so many other possibilities. But one evening to begin with Earth. Before there was an Earth, and after we're all gone, there would still be stardust. And so we, um, we want to include stardust tonight. May we be infused with reverence for the element of Earth, for the entirety that is our planet, for the ecstatic skin on which we walk, sit, and ride, and for the great forces of heat pushing from the Earth's core, while gravity pulls us back toward that center. Those two forces hold us in this wild and perfect place. May we sit in the glow of liveliness. May we feel the connection among us and beyond us that is always here. May we hold within us the fiery energy that is our birthright and our gift to share until we return to dust. In a book published by Tricycle Magazine called Working with Emotions, Gil Fronsdale quotes something from ancient Buddhist scripture that I like. Develop meditation that is like the earth, for then agreeable and disagreeable sensory impressions will not take charge of your mind. Just as when people throw what is clean and unclean on the earth, feces, urine, saliva, pus, or blood, the earth is not horrified, humiliated, or disgusted by it. In the same way, agreeable and disagreeable sensory impressions will not take charge of your mind when you develop meditation like the earth. So that's our overview, and Kaya will now take us down under. So I'm Kaya, and I'm really very moved to be here with you tonight. I've, I've always um, found so much support in the whole notion of interbeing, but I had never really extended interbeing to soil itself. And then with Claudia and Lee's um, excitement about that, that's what tonight is about, and um, it's just been revelatory 
to me to um, walk on earth now and, and really uh, yeah, extend into being, that I am one with earth, and earth is one with me. It's been just wonderful. So um, we'll now do a meditation, and you'll have some times to just breathe and settle in, and then other times when I'm just going to offer you some images with which to um, kind of come into your heart and open with some awe and wonder to this marvel of this planet that we're living on. So um, if you'd like to just uh, come into a comfortable posture for sitting, and we'll just take about three or four minutes together in silence. Just um, You can use your favorite way of getting yourself here, being present, and then I will come on and speak a little bit. So the chimes now inviting us uh, to come home to ourselves. bringing into your mind now a a memory of a relationship you had with earth, some experience, maybe when you were a child or teenager or or an adult, some experience you had digging in the soil or recognizing um, something about earth that made you really 
treasure on earth and soil and the aliveness of this planet. And with this memory in mind, taking now the mudra that Lee showed us, I'm making it now and you can open your eyes and make it too. And just move into this mudra. And using your imagination, let yourself know something about how it was for Buddha to stand in the presence of temptations to live life differently, to not be so tuned in to the essence of life and to make this posture, this gesture instead as a way to make the connection with living earth. And just letting your imagination fill you with some wonder about the strength of this mudra. And then as you're ready, you can release it and just get your hands comfortable again. And I'd like you now to just pick up the stone that you were given. Just hold that in one of your hands. And following the breath, it is always such a reminder to us of this life that we have on this planet. Coming as best you can tonight into your heart center. Opening your imagination to let yourself take in the birth of our solar system. So we see the sun, and now we watch as nine planets are formed and begin to orbit. Of these planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, and Pluto travel around the sun, but all their geological action comes slowly to a halt. The boiling geological surface that they had begins to freeze and continues to freeze today. On Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, activity persisted over the years, but without any change. So that the storms now on these planets, the surface of these planets, are the same as the storms of billions of years ago. Of all these planets orbiting the sun, there is just one planet, Earth, that has been able to stay active. Movement and change 
the essential elements of life. Earth also could have been a rock without the ecstatic skin of soil. If it were a rock without the soil, there would be no life. You and I, we would not be here now. So taking the stone that you hold, let yourself feel the necessary passage of countless billions of years on this moving, changing, living planet that had to happen in order to transform stone into soil. yourself wonder about these essential conditions, movement and change, without which there would be no life here. In your heart center, let yourself feel how it is to know that Earth is the only planet we're aware of so far that has life as we know it on it. Let your wonderful imagination bring you from orbiting around the sun right to planet Earth into your human body. If you like, you can put your stone down. And experience yourself on a 
visceral level, coming with awareness fully into this human body. So feeling the posture that the body holds. Aware of its weight and its density. As you breathe, let your breath illuminate the front of your human body for you. So you're noticing the front of the body from the top of your skull, you know, right down, let's say, uh, through your um, pelvic bowl into your legs, if that's easy. So recognizing the front of this human body. withdrawing your attention now from the front of the body, giving it fully to the back of the body, top of your skull, down the back of your head, vertebra, all the way down the spine, as far as you can go before you run into the cushion of the chair or the zafu. And just live into the back of this human body. As you celebrate the life in this body, let yourself know that we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for soil. And shifting your awareness now so that you are noticing the skin, how the skin encloses the body. Maybe picturing it from a bird's eye view or feeling the skin from just below the surface or some other way you have to just let your awareness, your field of attention fill with your skin. And letting your attention to your skin now carry you to Earth's ecstatic skin, our soil. Becoming aware of the soil underneath us, underneath this building. And the soil all around this building, you know, part of the rain gardens that some of our members have made here. Feeling the weight of your entire body, 
and how you've been trusting your weight to this planet all your life as you move across the surface. Saying the word grounded to yourself a few times as an invitation to your awareness to deepen through the body to the connection with the earth beneath us. And as you repeat to yourself, grounded, let yourself notice how your body awakens in its own special way to the notion of grounding. Sometimes my body rises up to greet me when I say grounded or grounding because it knows that that's a gift it gives to you know, the many parts of me that often roam around outside of it, feeling a little confused and perhaps overwhelmed. So seeing if you can pick up now on the gift of grounding that this body offers you. And maybe smiling a little bit at how the word grounding brings us right home to earth's soil. So opening now to the senses in your body, noticing what you can hear, what you could see if your eyes were open, maybe having a sense of the amount of light in the room, even with your eyes closed, feeling the temperature. And as you open to the surroundings, all coming to you through the senses, letting yourself focus again on soil. as we sense the quality of the ground around us today. The soil that was previously soft with moisture from rain is now frozen into the hardness of winter. And noticing how the focus on soil continues to deepen your own grounding. Relationship we're making with earth. 
expanding your circle of attention to include the um, area around this uh, common ground building, the blocks nearby, the houses, the greenery, the park, and expanding your attention to include the nearby Mississippi River. Mississippi River speaks to us of movement and change that bring life to this one little planet. So let yourself now remember beyond this lifetime the glacial river of ice that formed our Mississippi River Valley as the glacier expanded. Expanding over countless years. And sensing, almost feeling the following contraction then as the glacier retracted over countless billion years, leaving us with this valley that now holds our beloved river. The valley, as we look at the cliffs and rocks, we see striations of rock, golds and whites, of sandstone, limestone, clay at the river's edge, rocks, soil, and you just noticing what other details come into your awareness as you let yourself walk along this Mississippi River Valley in your mind. Of all the places on the planet, this is your place on the planet for now. And recognizing your home here, let this become another invitation for grounding even more deeply. Finding the place inside you where you know Earth as a living organism.
and just making room inside for whatever wants to come forward when we look at earth and ourselves this way. As you're ready, returning your attention to the breath in your lungs. Noticing the beginning of the next out-breath. Noticing the beginning of the next in-breath. I'd like to take a moment to ask, what drew you here tonight, if you'd like to say? And how about people saying their first names, they do that too? Yes, first name and what drew you here tonight? My name is Jose and uh, I am very interested in learning about uh, meditation and uh, being in touch with earth and the elements. Thank you. My name is Josie, and I second that. I also want to be more in tune with my body and aware of myself, too. Thank you. My name is Matt. Um, I'm just straight through sitting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My name is Josie, and I'm okay. Thank you. Getting a bit of nurturing energy from your 
Yes. Lovely to hear everyone's voice. Yes. Yeah. Bring that life into the circle. So, some teachings from the soil. I want to hold up this book because um, we're in love with this book, Dirt, the Ecstatic Skin of the Earth. And uh, so... Most of our quotes this evening are from this book, and it reads like poetry, and it's funny, and it's marvelous. So I recommend it to you. So here's a from from William Bryan Logan, the author. You would begin to ask, "What is dirt? What is soil? What is that ecstatic skin of the earth when it's frozen?" If it's frozen for two years or more, its name is permafrost. And permafrost is a headline, frequently, in the climate change news. Is that frozen, melting dirt or soil ground alive, do you think? As we reflect on how to live thoughtfully and morally during these times, and as some of us live into our vows to save all sentient beings, here's some news we can use. There's an island near Antarctica whose only plants are moss. And the moss only grows in the top inch of that island. So some scientists went... Uh, they've been taking cores. You know how they dig down and remove those samples to study 
the history of Earth. They took some cores and they found some um, moss shoots in the core. So just for curiosity, they put one of those cores under a lamp and spritzed it with water for a few weeks. And it started to grow moss. 1,500-year-old moss turned green and grew again. So this is my part of my new vocabulary now, resurrection ecology. It's happening. But that's not all. Moss, 1,500 years in Siberia, they've resurrected some viruses that are three, let me get this right, 30,000 years old. They were frozen. And also in Antarctica, 8 million year old bacteria alive under the right conditions. Imagine. So if dirt is alive even when it's been frozen for 8 million years, or at least holding life, hmm, maybe, maybe we want to think about, normally we look at the dirt as dead, as inert, unless we're gardening, of course, and then we amend it and, you know, baby it and, and hope that it's not dead. But what changes if we regard the soil as alive? Well, in this beautiful book on dirt, Logan writes, hospitality is the fundamental virtue of the soil. Don't you love that? Soil combines earth, air, fire, and water. It makes room. It shares. It neutralizes poisons. And so it heals. This is what the soil teaches. If you want to be remembered, excuse me, chills, give yourself away. If you want to be remembered, give yourself away. Notice how this great hospitality resembles loving kindness, friendliness, compassion, the very virtues that we cultivate in the Dharma Hall and in our lives as Buddhist practitioners. The soil teaches ourselves, teaches us to give ourselves away. Logan also writes, soil is only the darkest and coldest of all living things, the most widespread and the most receptive. Warmed, it blooms. Do you see soil as alive or do you see soil as dead, as inert? When we're living in a city, it's easy to go to the store and buy the food we need. It has nothing to do with soil. We can cover the yard with lawn and we don't see the soil. Bare soil is an embarrassment. We can even buy potting soil if we want to grow flowers and vegetables. So it's a commodity. But if we stop to think about where our sustenance comes from, as Logan points out, the soil is all of the earth that is really ours. The seasons, with their heat and their cold, make the soil. The storms make the soil with water, the most powerful substance on earth. The winds make the soil, spreading dust across thousands of miles. The tides make the soil, stirring the river deltas and their fertile slimes. 
and above all, the trees and the plants, the dead and the digested, the eaters and the eaten make the soil. So, dirt is the gift of each to all. Some people like to refer to our species not as human beings, but as humus beings. Do you like that? (laughs) Yeah. Humus beings. What are we, really? That's what it comes down to, right? Good dirt, yes. And at our best, we are good dirt. (laughs) So here's a question for you, and... um, We'd ask you to talk about this with one partner for a couple minutes. This is the question. As you reflect on soil, which of these statements feels true to you? I am nothing like soil. I am a little bit like soil. I am nothing but soil. So um, with, with one partner, we'll ring the bell for you to start in with the younger or the newer um, bag of skin with humus inside, speak first. And the older one, listen for two minutes. No crosstalk. And then we'll ring the bell and just take a moment to absorb and digest what was said and then switch roles so that the older one speaks and the newer or younger one listens for two minutes. Then we'll ring the bell again. Okay. Can you read the choices again? The choices again are, I am nothing like soil. I am a little bit like soil. I am nothing but soil. We have this written down on a paper, and I didn't put it on the wall because it just seemed like a violation of the aesthetic of this beautiful room. But would you like to see it on the wall? Would that help to refer to the question? We're allowed good idea okay I'll put it up it's good enough yeah we don't need it okay so choose a partner please so next part is about winds and soil the surface of the earth is a thin film I'm quoting from dirt the book here that exists between two boiling systems Deep beneath the ground, the roiling of the hot mantle propels the crust tectonic plates. Above the ground, the winds of the world execute the same ballet, girdling the planet from east to west. When the winds are descending, they gather moisture and heat energy. When they ascend, the wet air cools, clouds form, and it rains, sometimes copiously. The Sahara and the Gobi Desert are located where the wind is descending. The rainforests of the equatorial zone occur where it is ascending. The Brazilian rainforest is an artifact of the Sahara, some thousands of miles across the Atlantic. The silt originating near Lake Chad in the southern Sahel is what fertilizes the rainforest. Great plumes of dust rise from the desert and drift west, dropping their coarser particles in North Africa. As they pass over the Atlantic, they meet the edges of storms that will soon pelt the Amazon basin. 
12 million tons of Sahara dust drop on Amazonia every year. 12 million tons. Bringing to the nutrient-poor soils a shot of fertility. Once, Lake Chad was 10 times its current size, and the sediments around it are rich in diatomaceous earth and salts. From its present desolation comes the dense life of the rainforest. Now, you may have seen, as I did in the past week, news from Lake Chad. The people there are having to move away because they can't grow food, they can't catch fish, their lake is shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. So they are climate refugees, the people who live near Lake Chad. And nothing comes from nothing, so here comes their soil to Amazonia. It's an extraordinary example of interconnectedness. So, here's the question for you. When, if ever, have you experienced a really big interconnectedness? When, if ever, have you experienced a really big interconnectedness? And I'll ask you to go to a different partner this time. And we'll do the same thing, two minutes of speaking to that and listening and then trade. Karen? Of any kind. Yeah, this is one, one level, one dynamic, but yours might be with tree roots or could be any kind any kind of really big interconnectedness. Okay. Thanks for asking that. So, find a new person to speak with. And this time, the older person speaks first. You don't have to reveal your true age. I personally am older than dirt. Please take a moment of silence to absorb and digest. Other person. If you would, um, in silence, go back to your big circle spot, we'd like to ask, oh, yes, I want to say thank you, I'd like to ask if there's something anyone would like to share with the whole group from that last question. Anything you'd like to share with the larger group from that last question? Doesn't have to be, no pressure. just thinking that this is not a question many of us get asked very often. 
What do you know about fast connectedness? <laughs> it seems like these times on the planet are really asking us to consider those kinds of uh, yeah, threads that tie us together. So fast connectedness. What came up for you? What did you hear? What did you say that would be fun to share with the rest of us? I'll share. Um, my experience was um, down at the former Holy Spirit Retreat Center. It was on the 98 mm-hmm. residential retreat. And it was um, so September. It was glorious and gorgeous. And, um, I was barefoot. And I took it upon myself to kind of run a little bit. And the ground was like spongy from the woods, you know. And it, the feeling was that all of the little beings in the soil were rising up to meet me, even the ones that were dying with the pressure of me running, but that it was this joyful exuberance, this, you know, the, this connection of, you know, in their living and dying, they were doing their thing while I was doing my thing, you know, and then that we just really were, were very connected there, and it was just, it was glorious. experience with a vast connectedness many years ago that I renew every year. I was spending some time with a, um, a Native American artist, and I was saying, where does your inspiration come from? And he said, well, from my dreams. I said, oh, you know, when I dream, I'm usually in the grocery store, and I've got my <laughs> list of So he said, well, what could help you is, like, at least once a year, um, eat a teaspoon of earth. So I have done that ever since. Usually when I'm up in the boundary water, it's just so that all reasons you can imagine why. But it always takes me, you know, a lot of preparation because there's just something about it that, um, mm, 
<laughs> so I get ready, and then I take a spoonful, and then I just chew it and swallow it. And, you know, a lot of it is earth, our mother, where I come from, where we all come, where we're going to. And I can't say it's made me an artist with my dreams yet, but it's, you know, it's given me just a, uh, just a wonderful relationship to earth that I can't really put into words, but I feel it whenever I kind of say, okay, tomorrow's going to be the day. Finds out what it needs. So it's really all about relationship, isn't it? This life, it seems, in many ways. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So one more. at least I think for the two of us. I hope it's been all right for you too as well. So what we'd um, like to do now, and then we're going to end the evening with another sit with some images woven in. But what we'd like to do now is just to ask whoever would like to answer. um, After tonight, um, what's another question that's opening up for you in terms of your relationship with Earth? And know that when you tell us this, you know, we're really all trying to help ourselves and each other open our hearts in this new way. Um, at least for most of us, most of us, it's kind of a new way to really take deeply our relationship with Earth. So anything you have to offer about what's coming up for you will, I'm sure, inspire, you know, someone else down the road a little bit. So what's a, a question that's coming forward now? for you about your relationship with Earth. What what are you curious about next? And just popcorn in, however you are moved. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah?
interesting. Okay. Okay. So one more, one more question. Going to lead you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, we'll go into our closing um, meditation now. And this will be, again, a, a sort of dance between some time for you to breathe and be with what's been happening and then um, some words for you to um, let come into your heart. So just taking a posture that's uh, comfortable for you and closing your eyes or just staring at the floor. Here are some words from Wendell Berry to take into yourself as we sit. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences, and I'm just going to read it twice so that um, it's easier to contemplate the second time. The soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination of all. It is the healer and restorer and resurrector by which disease passes into health, age into youth, death into life. Without proper care for it, we can have no community because without proper care for the soil, we can have no life. The soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination of all. It is the healer and restorer and resurrector by which disease passes into health age into youth, death into life. Without proper care for the soil, we can have no community because without proper care for it, we can have no life.
each of us each of us is made of stardust we have each then the stuff in us and the bound up energy that might launch a beam of light Soil is only the darkest and coldest of all living things. The most widespread and the most receptive. Warmed soil blooms. So may I, in my darkest moments, be attentive to the penetrating rays of the sun that finds that seed. May I, in my darkest moments, be attentive to the penetrating rays of the sun that finds that seed. In the last moment of us breathing together, just notice how it is to open your heart as wide as you can to the relationship with earth, with soil. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.